What's going on entrepreneurs, small business owners, and side hustlers everywhere. One of the important topics we often talk about is, listen, if you're going to win this game of life and business, you've got to win the money game. You've got to be able to put your money somewhere where it's working for you. As Warren Buffett says, if you spend your whole life working for money instead of making money, earning it while you sleep, then you'll always be, you know, working constantly and never actually growing. And so today we've got an amazing guest. We've got uh, Melanie and uh, she and her husband Dave are amazing investors. They've got a great story, uh, a big event that happened that really led them to make massive changes and eventually lead that nine to five life that many of us begin with and go into complete independence as business owners, investors, etc. So very excited to get into Melanie's story today. So Melanie and Dave, and Melanie, I'm sorry, you've got to say your last name. Is that French? Yeah, it is French, Dupuis. Dupuis. Perfect. I should have had my uh, mom. She speaks uh, French, lived uh, lived in uh, Quebec for a couple of years. So Melanie and Dave Dupuis are well known as investor Mel and Dave. They are innovative real estate investors, best-selling authors, and award-winning mentors who have solely acquired over 240 apartments in just a few short years. And what's most interesting is they do it in different countries. They live in Canada and Ontario, obviously invest there. They're in the U.S., they're also in Mexico, Costa Rica, and the Dominican Republic. I'm very interested to find out how that works. And their strategy gives them the ability to purchase properties without using any of their own money or relying on joint ventures. It also allows them to own 100% of the property, which means they keep 100% of the equity, cash flow appreciation, tax depreciation, et cetera, et cetera. So very interested to dive into Mel and Dave's story. Mel, welcome to the podcast. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Hey, Leo, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me here today. So what we love to do is kind of start out by finding a little bit more about your background. What were some of the key events that led you and Dave to eventually, you know, uh, ditch the nine to five, start your own business, become real estate investors and, and teach others? What did you guys, were you always kind of thinking about entrepreneurship, uh, maybe as kids as you were growing up, uh, or was there some key events that happened that kind of changed the trajectory of your life? Um, yeah, so all the above. Uh, so yes, I, I think I was always an entrepreneur at heart. I actually went to school um, in business. That's my background is business. And Dave, um, although he was a firefighter, he uh, I remember when we started. Oh, cool. uh, yeah, when we started dating, I remember him telling me that, um, you know, he, he was going to be a millionaire someday. And, and this came from a guy who canceled their first date because he couldn't pay his hydro bills. <laughs> and he admittedly says that. So, um, you know, so we, we had the drive, we had the want, but we didn't have the tools and the strategies and and and, and all of that. Um, we definitely knew that real estate investing was the way to get there. 
um, and we can dive into that as well a little bit deeper on, on, on why. Um, so we we did what most people do. We started the traditional way of, of investing. So when I met him, I had two properties already. He had the one and we use our own funds to uh, purchase the next few and refinance the one I had and, and those types of things. But then of course, common roadblock, we ran out of money. And uh, oh, yeah. that's what happens often was as you try to grow your portfolio and with three kids, I really want to be able to, spend time with them now as they're still young as opposed to oh, yeah. waiting for retirement and, and they're they're gone so that timing was really really important to us so it's like hey we have to find a way to do this at a way faster pace um and then we were in florida on a trip with the kids and we listened to rich dad poor dad robert kiyosaki and that was that moment um where although it didn't show us how to do it but the mindset completely changed and we thought, oh, my goodness, we are doing it completely wrong. We were both working multiple jobs, working all the time, trying to save for that next down payment. And that's when we had the mind shift. And um, we learned as much as we could about creative financing. And the next year, we bought 12 properties um, in 12 months. And that was using net of our own money and no joint venture partners or multifamily properties. Um, and since then, that's exactly what we continue to, to do um, as well. Wow, that, that that's amazing. So interesting. Always had this idea that you were going to be, you know, you're going to create wealth for yourselves. You've got three kids, so there's some urgency. We want to do it now. We don't want to wait until the kids are, you know, all grown. And then finally, you know, we have some some time freedom. And that's that's what uh, what wealth can do is give you time freedom. And I love I love that your husband, uh, Dave, uh, is fireman. I find sometimes that uh, people that uh, have such great values and principles from jobs like that, or even people have been a part of sports teams, like there's something special that happens there with the work ethic and the discipline that it takes to succeed, maybe delayed gratification is part of that. But you said in there that you always knew that real estate was the way. What was it about real estate that you and Dave were like, real estate is our path to freedom? Why were you guys so confident that that was the case? For me, it's the stability and the history of real estate as well. So if you study real estate, um, and there's tons of chart on this. And of course, there's fluctuations in any markets, but oh, yeah. um, it always, always increases despite the the, the slide up zig zigzag like anything else. It always increases in value. And if I was going to leave my full-time job, we both had unionized pension jobs. It was really important to us that we invested in something that we felt was uh, really um, the best way to put, put our, our funds or other people's money as well. And something that was pr true and proven. And I mean, if, if you study even during... Uh, the pandemic, <clears throat> excuse me, even during the, oh, the yeah. pandemic, um, people need water, food and shelter. So we're providing an essential service as well. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mel. And so real estate is this amazing opportunity. Now, there's a lot of, you know, articles written by people from Wall Street where they'll compare, well, actually, stocks have averaged at 8 to 9% a year, going back the last 20 years or 30 years. If you look at the S&P 500 here in the U.S., and you look at uh, housing prices in general are usually 5% a year, but there's a big misconception there because there's this thing called leverage with real estate. You can't really leverage a stock. You kind of have to buy whatever share you're buying and you know you get whatever appreciation. It goes up, it goes down, et cetera. And very few stocks actually pay big cash flow. Dividends are very small. So with real estate, tell us a, a little bit about strategically how you can leverage it. And more importantly, how are these strategies 
of you guys went from having three properties to buying 12 in 12 months. And it sounds like you did it very creatively. You know, I guess two questions. Why is real estate a better investment typically than stocks? Why are you more confident in it? I know I am too, but why are you? And then number two, how did you guys buy 12 properties in 12 months? That's unbelievable. Yes, absolutely. And why, I mean, even if you look at it this way, if you go to financial institutions and say, hey, I want a loan to invest in stocks, they're going to laugh at you. They're not going to lend you any money compared to if you go to financial Very true. And, very, say, very and you say, I want to buy a property, they'll say, well, okay, as long as the deal makes financial sense, uh, of course, right? They won't find a deal where, especially as you grow, your numbers and your ratios have to, to make sense. It should be profitable. And of course, we want that as investors as well. Um, but that, that's huge. Even even the, the the financial institution invests in in real estate, right? And, and it really, that for me, that was it was just something um, that is consistent that I can pass on to my kids. I have numerous benefits of it. We can go on vacation there, and then and, you know, there's tax write-offs. Like there's just so many benefits um, that we saw in real estate that it's it was no question that um, all day every day that's that's the majority of our funds are all into uh, real estate because again, it's just always been proven time over time over time to increase in value. And then as absolutely. For, so how did you guys buy 12 properties in 12 months? That's yeah, that's so, amazing. Uh, yeah. So you went from only three to wow, let's let's jump to a portfolio of 15. And how did you like how does that work? What's the yeah. strategy? And we were still back then because we didn't have enough money. Of course, we were still working full time and three kids. And yeah. um, so we're still working. Oh, yeah. uh, were we busy? Absolutely. So are we an overnight oh, yeah. success? Absolutely not. Uh, people who don't know us might think, oh, they got lucky. No, no, we worked really, really hard. And, and that's that's the journey of, of all business owners and investors. I mean, that's just a reality. You have to put some time into it, of course. Um, so that year we did. We worked really hard. We got up really early in the mornings. Uh, before my kids would get up. So and that would be our time. And then at nighttime, um, well, we basically went to bed at the same time as our kids. So we could do it all over again type of thing. And we didn't watch any TV except for cartoons. Uh, no, I think that's an important key. I think you better mention that again. Yeah, no TV. Uh, we reprioritized what was important to us. And the only time we watched TV was, of course, family time, movie nights, those types of things with our kids. But outside of that, uh, you know, we replaced that instead of doing that. Maybe I'd listen to a podcast or maybe I'd, I'd crunch on numbers or try to find deals or those kind of things as well. So just really prioritizing that year, what was important to me, uh, of course, my kids. Um, so that was number one. So, OK, well, we need to find time outside of when my kids are awake. <laughs> that meant getting up really, really early and going to bed so we can manage to do this. You know, and was it perfect? Sometimes I sleep in, of course, you know, we're all human, um, but overall, our why became so strong. And I think that that's what really helped us, Leo, is that I really knew that I want to spend that time with my kids. I remember seeing my little guy get on the school bus and I didn't want to miss that. I want to see him on the school bus. I want to see him get off the school bus. And that was really, really important to me. And um, and, and that was why we decided to go very aggressive on it. And it was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it as well. We were doing it as a couple. Um, we had a lot of fun. We met some great people. And of course, because we weren't using our own funds, we were using creative financing strategies. And, and many of that in, in, in that particular year, a lot of it was owner finance deal, which is the same thing as seller financing or vendor take back. So if you ever heard of that, um, that was that was oh, huge. Yeah. It was a great way to um, to buy properties. Like the, we uh, Yes, now we're on all over social media and people often know us. But back then, we, we weren't. We we're just... Still are, but we were just Mel and Dave, and and um, people don't lend to you because they necessarily 
know you from the past and lend to you because it benefits them, especially when it comes to seller financing. Like I hold financing on four different properties that I've sold throughout the years as well. And why would I don't I don't even know what they look like? Um, why would I do that as an investor? Is because well I know they have the exit strategy because I ran my numbers on it of course, but it also benefits me from a tax perspective and those kind of things as well. Um, making interest and I don't even have the property and I'm still making money, right? It's 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 that true continuous um, income that you're able to achieve. Absolutely, just a lot of value bombs there that Mel is is dropping for you guys. So. So first of all, as you're acquiring these properties, you're using creative financing techniques and, and owner uh, seller financing, where instead of you know having to go get the, the regular mortgage and jump through all those hoops, and boy, there's a lot of them, and, and it still hasn't gotten much easier over the last 10, 15 years to get a mortgage, especially if it's apartment building or a single family or whatever it is, the investment you're looking at. And so when you can do owner financing, it can be much easier. And you know what's interesting, Mel? I think over the next uh, 12 to 18 months, there's going to be more opportunities for owner financing deals because what's happened obviously is people are watching and interest rates have, have gone up substantially and that's making it much more difficult to make those numbers work. But a lot of the existing owners who want to sell these properties still have those low interest rates locked in you know, for a longer period of time. And so there's going to be, I believe, an unprecedented opportunity. What are you and Dave seeing in the market right now in terms of opportunities for creative financing deals versus maybe the last couple of years? Well, you said it bang on very well uh, said, Leo. I couldn't have said it any better. That's exactly what we're seeing as well in the market right now is opportunities uh, for the yes. reason you described, right? If interest rates are going up, perhaps financial institutions may not approve somebody. Well, if me, let's say I want to sell my property because I either just want to retire or I want to put it to a next deal and I want my to liquidate my, my portfolio or my property, well, I might be more open to holding financing, whether it's 20% or 50% or 100% if it's paid off. Um, you're just more open to it as well. So that's exactly what we're seeing is more and more sellers who are open to um, creative financing. And that's the thing, interest rates, often I hear people saying, oh, double digits and not necessarily. I mean, when I bought 12 properties in 12 months, I had 3%, I had 5%, I had 7%. They don't have to be these crazy numbers. Have I ever paid double digits in different formats of, of creative financing? Yes. And some people say, well, that's crazy. But again, absolutely not because the numbers made sense. I got into the deal with none of my own money. I cash flowed from day one. I was able to make a couple hundred thousand dollars in a short period of time, right? So the interest rate, absolutely, of course, it matters what you're going to be paying. Uh, but as an investor, what's really, really important is to run your numbers and look at the bigger picture. If I'm able to still cash flow, if I have my exit strategy and I know how I'm going to be paying everybody back, uh, whether it's owner financing or secured funds that I might use or a promissory note, and I'm able to still make a great profit, who cares if the other person wins as well? That's okay. You want them to make money as well, because that often makes repeat business over and over again. Win-win scenarios, mutually beneficial, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's huge. And so as you're looking you know, at these deals and investors are listening to this or people who are really you know, wondering, is now a good time? Should I wait a year to look to find these deals? And, and so I think a lot of people think sometimes real estate investing, they think, oh, I'm going to do a flip, all these flipping shows, all these very short term, you know, buy it, fix it up, uh, flip it, move it, make your money and, and move on. 
Uh, for the next uh, couple years, do you think people, investors specifically, should be focused on short-term flips, or should they be more focused on cash flow, longer-term holds, three, five, seven years, and and really benefiting from the longer-term aspects of real estate? I mean, I typically always focus, I always have a plan of the longer play, uh, just in case something happens, something outside of your control. So have I done flips throughout the years? Absolutely. Uh, do I have some properties that I've had for many, many years and I still hold them? Absolutely as well. And this is where having more than one exit strategy. So right now in this market, absolutely trying to to uh, flip might be a little bit harder. doesn't mean it can't be done though. Um, you can still do it if you find the right kind of deals and depending where which market you're investing in. I mean, there's a lot of different things to consider, but it's also maybe not a bad idea to have a plan and a, a, more than one plan. And that's how we've always purchased our properties. Some properties, I had a plan of maybe holding it and I was able to flip it and sell it and a new deal came on and I was like, hey, I'll take that those funds and put it to this one as well. And, and that's great if it makes sense to do so. But I've also had some deals where I thought I was going to flip them. And then I realized I can make just as much money if I hang on and, and it's going to really increase even more in a year or two in value and I hang on to it. So Overall, right now we we're not focusing on on flipping. We you know we buy and hold. Um, uh, we're, yeah, we're focusing on buy and hold. Outstanding, and, and I agree with that because here's what happens, guys. If if you get stuck with, uh, and I guess there's a difference, right? If as long as you can always rent the property out, cash flow, cover your expenses, even if you're doing a flip, you're still going to be okay. You just might have to wait it out longer. And so, you know, if you've got investors who are putting up kind of the down payment money or the fix up or someone lending that to you, then you have to be aware that those things can happen. But as long as you don't get into a property that just is going to not rent out and pay the bills, then you can usually come out OK. But if you if you make a mistake that I made about uh, 12, 13 years ago where I had properties that there was no way that the rent payments were going to be able to cover all the expenses then that's where you can get in trouble with some of these short-term flips. And I feel like, like you said, you've got to control what you control. If you have a longer-term view of things, then there's uh, you have much less risk and you can always cash flow and wait for the property because it eventually will come back and appreciate and, and you'll win all the tax benefits, et cetera. So for a lot of people who are maybe you know looking to get more into this game, and as Warren Buffett says, you should be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Well, right now there's a lot of fear out there and a lot of people are afraid and clearly there's a lot of opportunities. And so now is actually the time you should be a little bit more greedy looking for deals. But what you don't want to do is just try to you know, reinvent the wheel and make mistakes that can be very, very costly. And finding a mentor, a coach, someone who's got a roadmap for success and steps to achieve what you want. I mean, it's as simple as, hey, uh, Mel and Dave have already, you know, gone and created this roadmap of success. Maybe I should just ask them for directions instead of trying to reinvent this and do this all on my own. Watch a few YouTube videos. What are some of the ways that they can kind of, you know, go through and, and learn more about real estate investing and maybe potentially even have you and Dave act as, as a type of mentor, coach? Uh, what, what are some of the opportunities available for those who are looking for investment opportunities? 
Yeah, absolutely. We have lots of content. We're on all social media platforms on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and TikTok. And uh, we also have a, a free masterclass that we've prepared where we literally show you on the whiteboard these kind of strategies, whether it is owner financing or promissory notes or secured funds like 401k or RSPs, for example. Um, oh, so yeah. Yeah, so if you if you reach out to us or I can send you, uh, maybe you'll want to put it, it's iloveopm.com um, is the um, is one. Oh, what a great website. <laughs> I love opm.com. OPM standing for other people's money. So I love opm.com. Boy, what a great website that was. When did you guys get that? Oh, we've had it for, for a while now, but uh um, but yeah, or that's invest- that's a good one. Thank you. Or investormeldave.com as well. If you reach out to us at any kind of social media platform, I'll send you the link as well. You can watch that. And then if you're interested, um, it's the Action Family Mentoring Program. That's exactly what we teach. And we'll show you step-by-step how to do all that with the support and the community and everything else you need. But book a call with one of our team members uh, and they'll be able to 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 uh, go over all that with you as well. That's fantastic, guys. So I love OPM.com, InvestorMillandDave.com, just a lot of resources, content. And as I always say on this podcast, this is not a passive podcast. This is an active one where you take action to get results. And that means you learn and you don't just listen passively to Mel and say, oh, that's amazing stuff, Mel. But you actually take the action and follow a proven system to make that happen. One of the questions that I have is I've always been a little bit uh, cautious of venturing outside of the U.S. with my real estate investments. You and Dave are in Canada. You're in the U.S. You're in the Dominican Republic, Costa Rica, Mexico. What are all the opportunities and how did you guys get comfortable with investing outside of you know, some of the main uh, countries, the US, Canada, what are some of the things you should be looking at or, you know, understand before making that jump? Yeah, absolutely. And there's different things in different areas as well. Um, The reason we decided was we just really wanted to diversify our portfolio. We kept seeing all these great opportunities worldwide in different areas as well um, that we wanted to to invest in. Um, Of course, having in different countries, it's a a great place to to go on vacation if you want. There's different benefits from from that as well. Um, As far as getting comfortable with it, I mean, at some point, the key is action, right? We we just had to take action and, and actually do it. That fear is always there. Anytime you can do anything different, it's always a little bit there, of course. Um, however, it was really making sure that um, that we ran our numbers, that we had our that we were working with our, our team of specialists, right? Investor focused accountant, investor focused attorney, or lawyer, cross border attorneys, you know, all those people in place. So making yeah. sure that we really had our team as well. Um, really running our numbers the same way that we would if the deal was in 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 my backyard as well. Um, some of the connection was pretty neat. Like actually, my Dominican Republic deal, it came through me through through one of my students, uh, which pretty neat. She was doing. Uh, she's from New Jersey, or they're from New Jersey. They bought a couple properties there and did a hundred outdoor development in uh, in Dominican Republic. And um, and yeah, I interviewed her on one of my YouTube shows. And uh, when I interviewed them, I was like, wait a second, this is really neat. And I know they're well trained. So I, I looked at it and I run my numbers. And and that's how we kind of uh, I, I always wanted to invest in Dominican Republic, but I want to kind of happen even faster. Um, so sometimes it's having that network as well, right? Being having the right people uh, that get to know, like and trust and as part of your team as well. That's awesome. Was that uh, Punta Cana, Santo Domingo? Like where? Punta Cana, yes. <laughs> Punta Cana. Okay, yeah. very cool. That's awesome. 
Um, I we always love to go to Playa del Carmen, just south of Cancun, every single year. And I'm curious what. To, so, how does ownership work? Is there anything where the government like still owns part of the property if you buy it? Do you have to buy it all cash? Can you get uh, any kind of financing if you put 25 percent down? Um, what are the some of the? How does that work in Mexico? Yeah, and it's it's difficult because every single country is different. Um, and that's oh, where yeah. it's a little bit more difficult. Mexico, out of all the properties that we purchased, probably yeah. was the most complicated. Um, oh, wow. My experience just to get everything set up, it just seems to have taken longer. Um, happy. Yeah. And, and I don't know why, it just seemed like the structure just seemed to be moving slower. Um, so that one was definitely the more, the most challenging. Um mm-hmm. Costa Rica was really simple. I found like um, we negotiated a deal with owner finance deal actually in, in Costa Rica oh, with a promissory yeah. note. So that was a, a lot more um, simplistic. So it really depends on on each specific area. Yeah. Um, this is where I, I think I would say like if somebody's thinking about diversifying their portfolio, pick one or two markets because otherwise you're going to be spending years and years just trying to figure out and trying to figure out like where do you enjoy where where do you see the potential um you know i really like i love costa rica for example i think it's an amazing place to invest our properties already increased in value i, I want to continue to buy there as well um so that was definitely one market for example that i wanted to same you know same same with mexico um and then say okay well what do i need to do there to do with all that and then well i'm not the expert at it i'm not going to pretend that i'm the right. Right. expert or the 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 structural yeah. expert i i buy properties <laughs> um so i rely on the team okay well here this is what i yeah. need this is what i want to do can you guys do my, my business structure and, and set everything up wow incredible yeah one of our one of our really good friends uh investors and, and build up a pretty good pretty good uh, real estate portfolio here and and uh, their house that they had bought had appreciated a bunch here in utah so they sold it cashed out and then i think they bought a property down there in costa rica and then they were setting up like a gym um and so that was that was kind of cool watching them do it yeah it seemed like it was it was pretty easy um what are your and dave's thoughts on opportunities with short-term rentals airbnb verbal type properties and uh, what uh, what are some of the factors that people should be aware of when looking at those types of opportunities uh, versus a straight up cash flow single family or multifamily that you're just going to have long term renters in? Yeah, absolutely. When we first started, everything was multifamily uh, for us. Pretty much, yeah. we have some storage, mixed use, those kind of things, and and some oh, are small cool. you know, triplex, and we have the big fiftyplex. So, so everything kind of in between. And the reason yeah. we really started with that. It's because we had no money. <laughs> um, so cash flow was really, really important, that consistent cash flow. Um, can you make money with with uh, short-term rentals? Absolutely. Do I invest in short-term rentals? Absolutely. Were they my first ones? No. And, and, no. and why? It's just because I just didn't have enough money and I wanted to quit my job and I needed that continuous income. Um, my only thing with, with short-term rentals is that it can be, certain things can be out of your out of your control. Um, and you have yeah. to have a plan for that. And now I do because I am in financially different situation than I was four years ago or five years ago, of course, when we were getting started. Um, but I think that's really important to know that as well. So can you make money off short-term rentals? Yes. Okay, great. But what if something happens? What if a COVID, nobody saw COVID happening and all of a sudden you're not renting? Right. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. What's your backup oh, yeah. plan? And if you have a backup plan, then great. Okay, go ahead. But you need to ask yourself that because it's not an essential. People can stop uh, traveling or might be, be forced yeah. <laughs> to stop traveling as well. So um, that would yeah. be my only thing. Can you make money? I think, is it a great investment? Can they have great appreciations? All those things? Absolutely. That's why I'm still actively investing in short-term rentals. But multifamily properties are definitely the foundation of my portfolio. Definitely. I think lower risk because people always need a place to live versus a place to vacation a little bit higher risk, uh, unless it's, I think, in you know unique areas like Orlando and other areas that are almost always going to have the traveling and 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 so forth. But well, Mel, it's been amazing uh, learning and, and asking these questions uh, from you. Obviously, I think the audience has gained a, a lot of value. And guys, make sure you go to iloveopm.com and investormelandave.com. Take action, learn more. She's got a masterclass uh, for you to get more information. And, and sometimes it's just about finding not only the, the, the person or, or, or people with the right roadmap, but just somebody that you connect with. And so if you connected with everything, the value Mel and, and her values that she and Dave have created, then I feel like you definitely want to take action and find the right roadmap and the right people to connect up with. She's got a team that can teach you and educate you on the best opportunities for you to get involved. And that's that's uh, the game of business and investing, right? If you do it on your own, you're just one person, one bit of information, one life of experiences. But when you can tap into her decades of success experience and rules for success when it comes to real estate investing, and especially multifamily, which I think is going to be the biggest opportunity over the next 10 to 15 years, with the, we're still short on housing units in this country. That's obviously a great way to go. What's uh, what's kind of one thing, uh, one piece of advice or action to to end this, uh, Mel, that someone can take right now today to sort of get on that path to finding their first property? Well, fear is the number one thing that holds people back. It's been proven. Mindset. We're so oh, yeah. huge on mindset uh, that uh, because it's it, it's a game changer, right? It, you can talk about real estate investing, and if Dave he can he can be here today, but if he was here, you know, he'd say all the time how he speaks with people, and they say they they want to do this, and someday they're going to do this. But what makes them different than those who are actually doing it? truly is that keyword you said action so you know i challenge you right now to commit to to yourself and most importantly to commit to that why of, of, of why you want to do this why you want to grow your is it is it your kids is it your family is it your just like your job like whatever it is commit to your why and do an actionable item right now or or at least you know by the end of the next you know whatever you're listening to this within the next 24 hours okay what is it is it um to read a book is it to reach out to us and, and get watch my master class is it to uh, reach out and, and speak to somebody about owner financing whatever you feel and you're the only one that can determine your own goal of course but do something now because as soon as you start then your momentum has started and just you're going to get on that road path as well that's great piece of advice guys so that your action item today is take a few minutes to find a quiet place and define your why and make sure your why is bigger then your fear, and there's probably some fear in there. Like, uh, and I've got five kids, Mel and, and Dave have three, and they sat back and said, boy, what if all of a sudden our kids are growing up and we missed out on this opportunity to have this amazing experience with our kids and raise them right and help them be successful? No amount of money is going to make that better. 
And so if you can have a bigger why than your fear, then that's going to lead you to take action and defining that why is a huge thing to do. Mel, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. Oh, my pleasure, Leo. You're a great guy to, to speak with and, and uh, you share some great thoughts as well. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.